Verse 11, Psalm 84. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The Lord God, the Word, is a sun and shield. How does God lead us? He doesn't lead us by the hand. God is a spirit. No man's seen God. He leads us by the Word. The Word is given to the Holy Spirit by God to give to us. And the Holy Spirit, who is given to each believer to live inside that believer, the Holy Spirit will bring to our mind a concept, a scripture, the word from God to show us the heart of God in the specific matter at hand. When I sing that hymn, He Leadeth Me, says He leadeth me, He leadeth me by His own hand, He leadeth me, I simply change it to by His own word, He leadeth me. You cannot see a spirit. God is a spirit. Therefore, you're not going to have the physical sensations from God that you have from a human being. So many things that have been added by translators or added to the Bible by the ones who write hymns are really not scriptural. I like to keep in mind what it is that's leading me. God is a spirit. They that worship him worship him in spirit and in truth. So the truth of this psalm is that the Lord God, the Word, is a sun and shield. The Word shows us the way to go. He's a light unto our path. And He is a shield to keep us from going in the wrong way. The Lord will give grace and glory. Another word has been added to this verse by the translators of the King James Version. It should read, No good will he withhold. No good. It could be a marriage. See, no good thing implies an object. No good thing should really read, No good will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So when you read the King James Version of the Bible, and you see a word in italics, that word has been added by the translators to that verse 
of Scripture. For the Lord God, the Word, is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory no good. If it's good, God will not withhold it from us. No good will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Verse 12, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. The Lord, the word, is a sun and shield. The word shows me the way to go on this earth. And the word shields me from people and from things that would harm me and prohibit me from serving God and from going in his plan for me. So we pray, we wait on God to give us a word, either directly by the Holy Spirit bringing that word to our mind, or he might give us a dream showing us the way to go in an issue pertaining to this life. I have often been given open visions, giving me information about individuals. The first time this happened to me, I was at a prayer group And we were standing in a circle, holding hands, I'm sure, and had our eyes closed and were looking down. And someone was praying over an issue. And I heard from the Holy Spirit, look up. And when I looked up, I saw outlined on the wall a body part. And I said to God, I know that is a part of the human body, but I can't remember which one it is. And I heard the word stomach. And I said, oh, yes, that's a stomach. It was like the old Pepto-Bismol commercials we used to see on television. It was a stomach. And when the women quit praying, I said, Does anyone have a stomach problem? And one little woman began jumping up and down and said, I do, I do. God had given me a word of knowledge by an open vision. I've had this many times. It used to be when I would go to our singles class at church during the song service, I would just receive one open vision after another that way, just seeing it outlined on the wall. And when the teacher finished singing, he'd say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? And I would present it at that time. So God could choose to give us a vision. We will recall in the Bible, Cornelius and Peter. Acts chapter 10. Cornelius was a Gentile, but he was a very 
righteous man, a devout man. And it says in verse 2 of Acts 10, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw a vision, evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming to him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now the angel's going to tell Cornelius something to do. The angel said in verse 5, And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtst to do. And when the angel which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called, Cornelius called, two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh to the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, 
Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God, and of good report among all the nations of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them, and on the morrow Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, You know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore I came unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for. I ask, therefore, for what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said four days ago, I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately therefore I sent to thee and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him.
the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. And we are witnesses of all these things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So the Gentiles were going to receive salvation, or did receive salvation, along with the Jews. And that's what this was. Turn to Genesis 12. For in Genesis 12, God appears to Abram, Abraham. And he tells Abraham of this very thing happening, that the Gentiles will receive salvation along with the Jews. We'll find that passage in Genesis chapter 12. Start at verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, who later was named Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. 
and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. This statement of all families of the earth will be blessed through Abraham, prophesies by God that Abraham will be a father of many nations, not just the Jews, but many nations. And that happens in Acts chapter 12. Anything that God chooses to do and demonstrates to us that he is doing this with the New Testament church, we can have faith that God might speak to us by an angel or by a vision. So if you read it in the Bible, in the New Testament Bible, you can know that this could happen where you're concerned. It's all by the will of God. I've had a great many visions concerning people in the church, and I have shared those visions in appropriate ways. In one situation, I was at my home in Lubbock, Texas, when on the wall I saw outlined a vision of a friend of mine, a young friend who had the disease ALS. David was 44 when he was diagnosed with ALS. He had a wife and two children. The doctors gave him two years to live. The church was praying for David, and a young man who attended David's church was visiting with me. And I told him, I said, I had a vision about David last night. I saw him on a golf course and he was jumping up and down. He was totally whole, and he was waving his arms. Come on, join me. This is great. This young man from David's church said, Don't you think that means David is going to be healed? And I said, No, David is dying. But his spiritual condition is very good. About two days later, David died. I wrote it out and sent a copy of this to David's wife and suggested she have it read at his funeral. David lived 600 miles away from where I lived. I didn't go to the funeral. I don't know if they read it or not, but I thought it would give people a lot of hope for David and encouragement for David. I had another type of vision. I had broken a hip and was operated on, and when they brought me back to my hospital room, of course they were 
giving me drugs for pain. I opened my eyes and I saw standing at the foot of my hospital bed one of our church members, a woman. And she was staring at me, but she didn't say anything. And then all of a sudden, she turned and walked through the wall. At the time this happened to me, I thought this was an hallucination from all the drug medicine. After I was placed in a rehab hospital, one day this woman came into my hospital room, sat down by my bed, and said, I want you to know that I don't care about anyone anymore. I don't care about the Bible. I don't care about the blog. I don't care about anyone anymore. I said, but if you go that way, what's going to happen to you? She said, I don't want to discuss this with you. She got up and went into the bathroom there in in my private room. And a nurse came in the door about the same time. And I called out to this woman and said, don't leave until nurse finishes with me. Let me talk to you. But I heard the door open and saw her sneak out of my room and disappear. And at that moment, I realized that what I'd seen in that hospital situation where she was standing at the foot of my bed, that was a vision from God. She was going to disappear. She came back later. She's actually in our group even right now. But She'd just been led by devils. I knew she was afraid. She was afraid she was going to be stuck with me and that she'd have to take care of me. I knew what her fear was. She was led by fear and was terrified. And she did the only thing that she could figure out how to do. But fear was the motivation. Peter had that kind of vision. And he didn't know it was of God until the end of the vision. Let's read about that. That's in Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord 
came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and knew not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the people of the Jews. And that's sort of what happened to me with this churchwoman. I thought I was having a drug hallucination when I saw her standing at the foot of my bed, and then she turned and just walked through the wall and disappeared. When she actually did that later in the rehab hospital, then I knew it was God showing me what she was going to do. On January 10th, 1980, I was asleep in the night, and I was awakened by a very loud trumpet-like voice. I believe that to have been the voice of an angel of God, for they are often described in the Bible as being loud, very loud trumpet-like voices. The voice that spoke to me spoke three words, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. It was obvious to me that KWJS would be call letters to either radio or television. I didn't want to get those letters mixed up, so very quickly I wrote, those letters down on a notepad. When I looked it up, I found it to be a radio station. And I said to God, are you showing me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And I heard, call the radio station manager. So as soon as the office opened, I called the station manager and I told him that God might be showing me to go on radio. And I said to him, how would you do that? He said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me. And if you fit our programming, we will offer you a contract. As soon as I hung up the phone, I got my recorder and made an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long, 
sent it to the radio station that same day. And within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations to the church on radio. That's how God put me on radio. So you have to know that anything that you read in the New Testament Bible, if there's a vision given to a member of the body of Christ or a dream, God could use that same thing to lead you. Most often, he leads me by a word from the Holy Spirit. It might be a scripture that I'm reminded of. Or it could be a direct word telling me what's going to happen. It comes in the form of a thought. You can't afford to believe every spirit that would bring you a word or a thought. But I have learned that the voice of God is a different sound than the devil. The devil usually tries to lead you by fear. You better do that quickly. You better do that quickly. You're not going to have time. That would be a voice of a devil most often. Sometimes I have had the Holy Spirit say, quickly go in and call so-and-so. But it doesn't bring fear. The devil will very often try to lead with fear. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I don't believe God, he hasn't often given me anything I'm afraid of to get me not to do something or to do something. One time he did. One time he showed me that I was in danger. That was in a dream. And he did say to me, don't go until you see Exodus 15. And I canceled all of the meetings I had for the rest of the year and stayed at home and just did radio broadcast. So he could lead you by fear, but it's a totally different kind of fear than the devil sends. Knowing the voice of God, knowing the word of God, knowing what God has told you to do, it's all very important. And then when you know that God has told you to do something and a spirit comes along to try to convince you to go another way and brings you thoughts to try to lead you another way, you know to resist those thoughts and continue in the way God has shown you to go. Of course, confirming everything by asking in prayer for confirmation. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.